0: Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the Forty and Twenty podcast with your hosts Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you?
1: <laughs> you really drugged that out.
0: Well, I couldn't get a hold of it. It, <laughs> it was a little bit wet, and I couldn't get a hold of the tab. Oh, you're you're just working on the timing. I, well, I was struggling on the tab <laughs> the whole time, and then I had to focus for a moment.
1: Uh, I'm good. I'm good. you know I uh, i'm I'm trying to recover a little bit i I had uh, m- m- my long run as I often mm-hmm. do on Sundays and uh I came back and I was just trash. I sort of run my ran myself raw out of out of fuel as it were and so spent the last 90 minutes to two hours trying to rehydrate and get some calories in me. Uh, but other than that, I'm really good. I mean, I, I can't complain about anything substantive.
0: No, and we're back in studio. Back in studio. Forty and a. twenty is part of phase one reopening here in the beautiful <laughs> state of Oregon.
1: That's right. Well, you, you gave me a big kiss when you got here. Was right like on we're, the mouth. We're a little bit
0: of tongue. Not a lot. Just a little bit. It was a very classy. Like, well, was, fuck. Yeah. We're,
1: we're right back in it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Where we left off? But but I'm I'm doing well. How how are you? Good. I'm a little tired. I um. I mean, I got home from work in my normal time at about like. 7 15 this morning and went to bed and got up at noon and powered through to get dressed and get over here so my day is really just beginning
1: <laughs> <laughs> getting dressed was a real struggle
0: yeah i mean you got to do your three s's in the morning i only did two of them um sure and i didn't i didn't shave or sh- shower for that matter so <laughs> you actually I, just took it, a shit yeah i just went over. just just made a poop drop <laughs> and then uh you know got dressed and did the like wrangle because it's it's weird getting up in the middle of the day and starting your morning routine it it throws off the routine of the people who have already been up and are in their like trajectory of the day so i had to course correct and help get everyone back moving in the direction they were already moving and yeah, but I'm
1: good. You, you know what I'm excited about, huh. and this is only going to be notable for anyone who's done recording. I've got you back on a dynamic mic. Oh my gosh, this week uh, versus the condenser mics I've had you on, and I am so excited. <laughs> you guys don't even know <laughs> I make
0: so much noise. I'm I'm like I'm like a toddler. You know how like how toddlers just are never quiet, never quiet. They're never not moving. They're never quiet. If they're not talking, they're snoring. And if they're not snoring, they're farting. It's just a constant s- symphony of noise emitting from them. And then that is me. I, I am like that. i listen listened to my audio raw. I'm like, oh, don't envy Everett. <laughs> you know, by and large, I just I just roll it out. The, the couple episodes that I've edited, I'm like, nah, fuck it. It's sticking around. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to get every single sniffle and, and slurp. Uh, but yes, I'm I'm extremely excited because you know we, we've never had it. No one's ever come to us and said your audio quality is really poopy.
0: No one's ever said it's really good
1: either. Uh, well, that's true. Uh, but but being the guy who does the editing, you you know, I, I think creators are always sort of um, more worried about those things. You, you know, by and large, I think the people listening care more about the things we're saying, the people we're talking about, the things we're talking about than they do about the quality of our audio. But I obsess over it.
0: Well, quality of our audio helps. It makes it an enjoyable listening experience. Nobody <laughs> likes listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think. I think. Bottom line is nobody notices if it's good, but but it's it's
0: noticeable yep. if it's not good. So yep. uh, that's the magic of behind the scenes. And I'm just glad to be able to look at you I while know. we're recording again. That's not great. on fit, Not that weird upward angle where you like my neck sort of just like. <laughs> yeah, it's a. It's nice to be back in the studio to see you. I can kick you. It, yeah well i don't, don't i mean i never have i don't think but so you, but i could theoretically now yeah. at this point it's that option's back on the table
1: well so we are we are talking about watches today sort of sort of uh and, and we have a guest who who, yeah. who you if you've clicked on this podcast unless you're just uh moving through life without paying
0: attention which if you are good on you we're catching up on episodes and maybe not reading the title of oh, everyone
1: yeah. they're just like cycling through. yeah they're on. I, we're binging
0: <laughs> very bingeable podcast so
1: unless you're 40 and 20 binging, you probably already know that we've got live, on the line, li- li- live with like, us. Live. <laughs> Darren, well, yeah, so he's... Don't call he- in, it won't do you any good. <laughs> we got Darren from Zulu Alpha. Darren, how are you, man?
2: Very well, gentlemen. How are you doing?
1: Killing it, man. Uh, you know, y- you've been around, so you've heard sort of our uh, our general status. Uh, any anything-, anything fun or exciting for you today, this evening, as it were, for you?
2: Uh, not, not really, mate. I try and take Sundays off. Um, it's pretty much a six-day week for me, mate, with um, with the business and things. So Sunday is, is my day of um, house admin, um, if that makes any sense. So Sunday's the day I cut the lawn. Sunday's the day um, my wife will make me fic, uh, fix taps or faucets, as you guys call them. Um, so yeah, a bit of that today, mate. A um, bit of uh, just house husbandry. Um, making sure that the you know the wheels keep on turning, um, but on that I, I must admit that I am quite impressed with your sound uh, quality, gentlemen. Uh, I do listen, uh, and it, it makes me extremely envious. Um, so yeah, there's a bit of feedback for you on that.
1: We we really appreciate that. We we and, and you know what else I appreciate? I appreciate the term house husbandry. That's, I do too. That's a like a good double entendre there, right?
2: Be- yeah, I mean it's I I don't know. I mean it's. Uh, you look at it. You'd have a ship chandler or a ship's uh, ship's husbandry. Yeah. Um, you know, it's your job to look after things, and that's mine to to make sure that you know the the walls don't fall down and the roof stays on and stuff. But like you know, that.
0: see, I, I, I was, was thinking like, of husbandry as like uh, like animal husbandry and, and breeding, and and but with that the the. You know, the more those house chores you do, the more likely that is to be your result. So, in, in the
1: context yeah. of uh, of a domestic uh, a domestic family, it's it's got both meanings. I yeah, dig it. You, you fold it. the laundry and you got some good odds.
0: House house husbandry
1: <laughs> is my is my new is, right. is my new term for having to do shit around the house. <laughs>
2: Them odds are gone for me, lads. I've been <laughs> married uh, for a number of years now, um, and yeah, that, that's that's firmly firmly out the window.
0: Folding laundry <laughs> is not sufficient anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> mate, I'd have to I'd have to create a lamp and de- you know uh, deliver three wishes. I think, mate. Um, that's really what it's going to happen.
1: <laughs> you know, I found as long as I keep the dishes in control, I never have to touch the laundry. We can move on. <laughs>
0: This is dangerous. I don't think Kim or Sam listens anymore. But no, it's but, like
1: a it's like a
0: deal. Kim and I, ha- yeah, the, Kim definitely doesn't listen yeah. anymore. She, like I've I've had enough. I, I listen to your ass all day. <laughs> I cannot do it while I'm alone. No, that's better for me too, though. It's nice to know that she. If if this you know, is a safer space now. <laughs>
1: that's right. Uh, you freedom. So Darren, you are the owner, the founder, the brain, and the muscle behind a, a brand—a brand Zulu Alpha ZA, as you would call it. I think uh, watch straps. Tell us about tell us about Zulu Alpha. What you do now, and, and then and then later, I, I'd like to move back into the history of, of ZA, as it were and uh and move in but but generally speaking you guys make straps right
2: yeah yeah we make watch straps um of the nato slash zulu variety um sure. it's neither one nor the other in short um we make watch straps that are predominantly designed uh, to be out in the field um by that I mean on the wrists of frontline operators globally, uh, law enforcement guys, um, people in um, more challenging, enduring advi- environments. Uh, we're not we're not making fashion straps, although I try and make them as visually appealing as I can. Um, they're tool straps, mill mil straps. They're, you know, it's, it's function. Um, that's the design behind them. That's that's what we do. Um, as it stands, we we supply customers across the globe. Um, we also supply um, uh, you know, bespoke straps um, to military and law enforcement units um, across the globe. Um, and, and yeah, that's that's basically it. Zulu Alpha Straps, in, in in a nutshell, it's a bit of a an elevator pitch. Uh, but yeah, it, if uh, if I had ten seconds to tell you what I did, that would probably be how I would avoid it.
1: And and so we're both wearing uh, uh, Zulu Alpha Straps today. We are. I've got my I've got mine on the, the military green or I, I can't remember the term that you use for this, but it's green. In any event, olive drab yeah. is what I would call this. Andrew's got a bond. I do a a bond strap on his SSB. Um and I'll tell you, the strap is like nothing else I, I own.
0: It it was it's a a little bit of a like when I when I got mine, I I just I held it in my hand. And I held a watch face in my other hand. (laughs) What what am I going to do? I was like, okay. (laughs) And I put it on one way. I was like, that's not right. Put it on the other way. I'm like, that's kind of right. But it's not right. And I fucked with it for I don't know probably probably ten minutes of just sitting at the table and my wife's like, "What are you stupid? What do what is what's happening over there?" I'm like, "No, just 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 you know, just just quiet you," <laughs> and 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 I I finally get it right and on and I I was so I was taken aback because it was I was like this this is a it was the most. I felt really dumb for how complicated it was to, to figure out. And it, I think it's just me, but once I got it on, I was like, dude, this is why aren't, why don't all straps feel this way? This is the best fitting nylon strap I've ever put on. I right. appreciate that.
2: Yeah. Cause I appreciate it, that. But believe me, you're not the only one um, to try and figure out how to, how to put it on. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's, that different and that radical, um, it goes against everything that you know about a NATO Rosula strap, how it should wear, where you would put the head of the watch. It's just com- everything's inverted. Well, let's yeah. let's talk yeah. about let's that. Let's do it. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about that a little because it is different, right? So you you said inverted, yeah. which I think is right. You, you know, I, I think the first thing I had to learn was that you're not going to put it in top down like you would put it in a NATO strap. You're going to put it in bottom up, and, and maybe you could do this both ways, but I found. Bottom up is the way. So there's some functional differences. You, you know, you said it's not really a Zulu strap. It's not really a NATO strap. It's something different. So let's talk about the functional differences. How you how you came to that?
2: Okay. So a NATO strap typically is two pieces. You've got your top piece, which is a long piece, and on the underside of that, you've got your tail, which you tuck back into itself. A Zulu strap is a one-piece strap. Both
1: just like just like a NATO strap, but without without the flappy piece. The neutered.
2: Exactly. Um, if if you're looking at a strap right now as you're listening to this, one of the easiest tells or gives away, uh, giveaways uh, aside from that tail underneath Zulu straps tend to have um, like circular buckles uh, rather than squared off. That's what you'd have in a NATO typically. So in a nutshell, um, what we've done is basically made a Zulu strap um, but the differentiator between it is the majority of Zulu or NATO straps will have a tang and a buckle. Now, that's fine. completely works. Um, however, there are some issues with that if you're working or operating in um, changing environments. For example, you're uh, a pilot um, and you're flying in the morning, um, just bare-wristed. Um, you start doing night flying the same day. You need to put a flight suit on. Um, you may not have a gift, uh, enough give in that strap or it may be difficult to take that strap off while gloved um, to, to adjust it. So what we use is something called uh, a triglide and a D-ring, not too dissimilar to what you'd see in motorcycle helmets of the eighties. Um, we had oh. that sort of double D-ring type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pennies drop. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means, but I, 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 from context,
0: I think I get it. Andrew's
1: panties did just drop just now. I thought yeah. you said pennies yeah. drop. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's it, yeah. Perhaps that's a British saying, the penny has dropped. When huh. someone reaches um, reaches um, uh, their understanding on something, ah, the penny dropped. And oh, still, I was yeah.
1: thinking, I was thinking, panties dropped. Like, uh, no, not panties. Not panties. <laughs> yeah, there's a
0: dent on oh. the floor, though. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> As, as previously stated earlier, that those days have gone. Uh, <laughs> one can one can dream, my mate. One can dream. Um, but yeah, so so we approached it in a different way, and 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 looking at the design um, uh, functionality, I, I look back, mate. At what I did when I was in the military, um, I, I looked at what my hobbies are. I dive from a diver, um, and and in Britain, the waters are far colder than you would have um in a lot of the places a lot of, uh, throughout the rest of Europe. Uh, we have the Irish Sea, the North Sea, uh, and the English Channel and, and it gets cold. So when you dive you have to dive with a dry suit you guys are like
1: bag. what mm-hmm. 50th 50th parallel basically where you're at roughly?
2: Pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. It's um it's not I mean I'm used to it. It's it's just the world we live in um you know for us. But Um, it's certainly not in the tropics it's certainly not even even near the tropics Um, so if we if we do dive if we are diving 90% of the time we're in a dry bag Um, now that becomes a little bit more difficult and to start tinkering with a watch um, if you've got a tang and a buckle so a cinch strap is a far better option if you look at most diving equipment um, you've got cinch straps um, in, in use across uh, a plethora of, of ranges. It could be for a diving knife. you uh, will keep your, your oxygen on your back in, in the same way. Um, so I looked at that. Um, and also we do an awful lot of operations in the Arctic um, in the British military. Um, that's, a, that's a huge portion of, uh, of our cold weather training is in the Arctic. And when you're in the Arctic, um, predominantly if you're on a ship, you're nice and toasty inside. But the minute you go outside, um, you're layering up. Um, and sometimes you're layering up um, and, and you go onto the upper deck or you've got a shawl or whatever it is and your watch is on the underside of your clothing. Without having to remove your gloves, taking the watch off, putting it on and, and then putting your gloves back on, how could you How could you have a strap or have a watch that would allow you to do that gloved? And that's what this system is based on. Um, so we looked at it from a more practical uh, element based on what would be required um, by the guys on on the ground today, um, and, and we came up with this design. It was a lot of trial and error, um, but we were lucky. I've got a lot of friends who are still in the military, a lot of friends who do very interesting jobs in the military, um, uh, elite diving units, intelligence guys, all rock sorts painters. of different rock painters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly, yeah, all sorts of different people doing different things. So during the R&D phase, we sent a load out and we got some feedback. and We changed a few bits. Um, and this is what we come up with in the final design. Um it's it's completely different to everything that's out there. It's a registered design um to us. Um and, and yeah, we've been we've been making waves with it ever since.
0: Wait, so you said it's a registered design to you. So this is this is so revolutionary that you own the design.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah.
0: it's registered. And, and and you know,
1: uh it's interesting. I hear you talk about R D and obviously you've R and D'd this a lot all, all over the world in all sorts of different in all sorts of different environments, but the evolution of this is not uh or or perhaps was not intended to be something for anybody besides you and a brightling, right?
2: That's very true. So let's That's talk very about, true.
1: Let's talk about that. So you you had this, you had a brightling and what, what was the watch again? I can't remember.
2: So I had a Brightland Super Ocean Heritage, 46 mil.
1: Fantastic.
2: Gl- glorious watch. It's a,
1: it's a big watch. It's a bit that's a big yeah. fucking watch.
2: It's it's like a it's like a clock on a belt. That's the only way you can describe it. <laughs> the thing's huge. Um, it's five five. And, it,
1: and, and that thing comes <laughs> on on a bracelet and or rubber, right?
2: Yeah. I had it on the rubber. Okay. Um, and for me at that time, that was that was my first big boy watch. Um, I was really excited. It, it cost me a fucking fortune sure. to get that watch in. Um, and I, I didn't want to lose it. Um, and that's basically what it came down to. So uh, the rubber strap was great, don't get wrong, you're buying a Bright you're gonna get quality, uh, regardless of whether you like the brand or not. But at that level, you know you're buying uh something from them, it's gonna be it's gonna be superb in quality. Um during my time in the military, or looking back at my time in the military, I knew the security that came from a NATO reserve strap. Um, so I started looking at the market, um, ordered a few pieces in. I wasn't about to spend three hundred British pounds on a on a NATO strap from Breitling. Um, It's it just seemed excessive. Um, so uh, I tried a few different ideas. Uh, I tried a few different options that I could find online, um, and nothing really made me feel comfortable, um, or nothing really cut the mustard for the watch. Um, hey, when,
1: when was this, Darren? Just just for just oh, in terms God. of the NATO, you know, because the NATO strap has been on, on a on a roller yeah. coaster for the last I don't know four years, maybe three years.
2: Yeah. So this must have been two thousand and sixteen, two thousand and seventeen, 2017, there, so thereabouts,
1: right before. Toxic and phenomenal, or yeah. or maybe right at yeah. the same time that those companies were coming out.
2: I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've served in the British military. The NATO strap was designed for the British military, so right. it's something that we use. Um, it's 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 prominent, um, um, you know, on operations or when, when you use a, a watch, um, the forces here. So but, I was very aware of it. Um, to me, it wasn't. Um, I wasn't as deep in the watch world as I am now. I didn't know there are other brands that are making different things. So I went the usual route: Amazon, eBay, um, Google, uh, and I found that, you know just a couple of suppliers that could sell me an 8 strap just to see what they came in at. Um, they arrived, don't get me wrong, great straps, perfectly functional, um, but they just didn't feel right for the Breitling. Yeah. Breitling was a, it's it's almost a statement watch, um, and you want something with substance, um, on, on, you know, to, to to hold it. So anyway, I wasn't happy. A few months passed by. I was wearing it on the rubber uh, and I started clearing out uh, the garage, which is the room I'm in at the minute. Um, I'll get on to that a little bit later. But <laughs> within the garage was a whole kit bag um, of mine, uh, just stuff I had, uh, surplus from the military. We've both uh,
0: both got those. I've got got four tack boxes and a couple double bags. (laughs) There there
2: you go. There you go. Um, You you know, it it looks like a natal storeroom when you leave. Um, The amount of stuff you could issue in your time, and they only ever ask for a respirator back. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's weird. It's Um, weird. Or they ask for,
1: like, the pair of, like, the pair
0: of, like... Like, your left glove.
1: Right. (laughs) You're like, what the fuck? I don't have that thing.
2: It's, we just need the spare lenses back. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you need those spare lenses for, assholes? Okay, yeah, it's carry bizarre. on, Darren. It's
2: bizarre, but no, I agree with you. It is bizarre. Um, so, yeah, I, I opened this bag up full of nostalgia and excitement. That I've uncovered it after years and years of being here. Uh, and within that was a rifle sling um, for the SA-80, uh, which is the General Service uh, Assault Rifle. That's uh, your M4
1: in, in the British military. Yeah. Those yeah. are cool yeah, yeah. shit,
0: too.
2: Yeah, they're shit though. Don't, oh,
0: don't I believe it. They're trash. So is so is the M4. But you know, <laughs> lowest yeah. bitter, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, fair one, fair one. Um, but yeah, this rifle sling was there. I picked it up. Uh, it just so happened to be 24 mil across. The lugs on the brightening were 24 mil, um, and I got the work. You know what I mean? It just, uh, wait, like like
0: sewing machine or or? Yeah. Okay. Sewing yeah, machine. I think this sewing. is the right button for that. Nope. Nope.
1: Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, never mind. We'll move on.
2: <laughs> I'm so intrigued as to what that button was going
1: to be now. <laughs> well, just work them all. There's only eight. Yeah, look. Oh, that's the one. No, that's really not the one. Maybe yeah. it's this one. <laughs> that's a, There it is. Oh, that is the one I was looking for. There we go.
2: There we okay, go. Okay, so, so we're, yeah. we're
1: just going to need you to start the whole story over again.
2: That's fine. I'll just I'll cut it off. So, yeah, sewing machine. Boom. Um, so, yeah, uh, growing up... Um, My father was at sea. He was at sea for 24 years. Um, Straight or
0: like that was his career was in the Navy.
2: Yeah, that was his career. 24 years. years Was he a pirate? I don't know. (laughs) He he got a terrible (laughs) case of scurvy. (laughs) Bow-legged and everything. Um, (laughs) But but yeah, so that that was his job. Um, and, And the old lady, basically, she was a seamstress. So um, I'd sort of grown up uh, around sewing machines, and I, I probably had more exposure to them than most. Um, there, there happened to be one in the house that was my wife's, so I pulled it out, dusted it off, and, and proceeded <laughs> to absolutely destroy that rifle sling, um, and probably about 50, 20 more after it. Um,
1: <laughs> so I've heard you talk about this before. What were you, what, what were you doing to these rifles? What, I mean, what, 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 where was the errors coming
2: the, the errors were coming from 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 a number of places. Um, number one is getting that fold right, so it doesn't irritate the skin when you sewn it. Uh-huh. Uh, major issue. Uh, when I first started, um, I was I was going probably down a Panerai esque natal strap route with a big chunky hardware with a tang and a buckle. Just it didn't it just didn't work. Um, it didn't it didn't look or feel right. I didn't get what I wanted out of the strap from it. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, not only really that, I hadn't touched a sewing machine in probably 10 years, right. um, s- surprised I kept my fingers, uh, to be honest with you.
1: And were At you using point, like a, uh, like an industrial sewing machine or is this a home job?
2: This is the type of thing my, my, my grandmother would make curtains with.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um,
2: yeah, nothing, nothing extravagant, nothing fancy. I think it was from the 60s. Um, and it was all the shit covered in dust Um, but it was a sewing machine yeah so I started on that um, and it probably took I don't know two or three months to come to a realization where I thought well rather than making what's out there um, why not make something um, that would give me what I want um, out of the strap so to be able to operate a glove uh, to be able to have infinite adjustability to reduce um, points of failure, which is a big driver for me. So on most NATO straps, uh, there's a huge amount of security, um, in, uh, your watch, because if you lose a pin, uh, that watch is going to flop around on the strap. Yeah. But most people negate the fact that there's a pin in the buckle. So if you lose that pin, um, it's far more likely you're going to lose the watch uh, and the strap with it. Because so it, it comes about?
1: off, right? It, it's just gone.
2: These things just they just come off, you know. If if guys, if you're listening to this, you're that far into watches. This has happened to you in the past, where a pin has snapped, um, something's flopped off. Um, it, it it happens to the best of us. Um, so I wanted to avoid that on the buckle, and I wanted to get a solid metal piece going straight through it. Um, and and yeah, the cinch idea sort of came to me, and I thought, right, well, I've seen this in operation or something similar in operation. Um, in, in the dive world, um, also in um, strapping uh, equipment to the side of a fast boat or, or on board a ship or whatever else it may be. Um, so it's a bit of a cocktail. I took a few different ideas of my exposure and my experience and and, and trialed it and, and basically come up with that design, um, which is a double D-ring. Uh, just so happens a top D-ring has a, a sliding bar um which makes an adjustable triglide where did you get um, really where rapidly.
1: did you get your first hardware well i mean so so right you you're you're thinking how can i do this you come up with this hardware which i think is a fantastic idea and it's it, it's sort of one of those things it's like well yeah that's that's too obvious right that's too easy yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's the kind of things like well i wish i would have thought of that uh so wh- i mean where did you get
0: your first hardware did you did you uh repurpose something or did you use the yeah. oh. the d-links that were already on the rifle straps
2: Okay. So the D-links, there, there are some D-links on the rifle straps already, but they, they were far too narrow okay. um, to, 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 to be able to do anything with. Um, we have um, uh, shops called Ships Chandlers. Um, So that would be, if you own a boat, fishing boat, um, you'd go there and you'd buy your anchor, uh, your fenders, your uh, radio system, whatever it may be. It's like a hardware shop for boats.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, sure.
2: And, for the um, and these... Just so happened to be in use widely um, within that community. Um, a D ring is a D ring that could be used for a number of different things, um, as could the triglide. Uh, people will stow rope or um, fishing rods or whatever it, you know, could be with with these types of things. Um, and, and they had a packet there. I picked them up. Um, they were large, naturally, uh, because it was 24 mil web and I was using, so it worked. Um, I've refined it a little bit since then. Uh, the early ones had a, a far thicker uh, D-ring uh, than we've currently got. Um, but that's Pro- what I could get my hands on at the time.
1: Probably more uh, thick than, than you'd actually need for this application.
2: And, yeah, definitely. Uh, f- far more thicker. But as far as um, a prototype or, or, or a trial piece, um, it was never intended to be a prototype. It was only ever for me. So I, didn't, I, I could live with it. So right. it didn't bother me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. If it, there was an element of nostalgia to it because of the nautical side of things. Um, so yeah, I mean, as time was progressed, um, we, we've neatened up and, and improved those, those buckles. Um, are, are you still,
1: and I know the answer to this question before I'm going to ask it, but I'm asking it because I think it's a fun question. Are, are you still hardening the triglides with a, with a torch and vegetable oil at your kitchen sink?
2: No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Um, that was, again, I mean, I, I'm not a strap maker. I'm not a hardware guy. So everything for me is, is, um, you learn as you go. And that's what we've been doing for a number of years. Um, and I would say it's, you know, um, we're, we're at a point now where we're happy. Everything is, is settled. It's been trialed. It's been, you know, it's gone through the mill, but for the last two or three years, you know, everything's a moving target. So some people wanted blackened, uh, hardware. Okay, so how do I blacken hardware? There's um, a blacksmith, um, it's a dying art now, but I grew up in the mountains of South Wales. Um, and one of my buddies is a blacksmith. You'll know, you shod horses and, and, and do all sorts of a weird things. A farrier.
1: Or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, a
2: farrier. So I approached him. I said, How, how do you make steel go black? Um, he goes, Paint it. I said, Well, that's, that's not an option. Um, what else can I do? He goes, Well, you know, if you, if you heat it and, and, and dip it in diesel oil for a diesel car um the carbon will get pulled off the oil and it'll basically coat the black uh, oil it'll coat the steel in in black okay sounds like a brilliant idea um <laughs> so i to get some diesel oil and a torch um and my issued leatherman um which i think is somewhere around here um and yeah I, that was it I, I just started um i started trying to figure out how to blackened steel and at the time i was really pleased with myself um, and that's some amazing. ghetto oh.
0: shit right there <laughs> like just just hit it i'm imagining you hitting it with like a soldering butane torch right or like perhaps a weed burner and a propane tank
2: it, it was it was a it was a butane. It was, it was like a plumber's yeah butane yeah. Torch, <laughs> yeah basically
1: you, and this is on your Instagram, right? I mean today d- you can yeah, go and find yeah. this video. And a, yeah, yeah.
0: and a can of diesel. Like this nothing says I'd like to burn down my house like setting fire to diesel fuel.
2: <laughs> I have a very tolerant wife. Um,
1: but you know, it's it's something there's something to be said for for getting into a project because you wanna, you wanna, you want a product. This is the kind of shit that we do. Like this is, yes. this is like, a, I'll figure this out. And 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 making this thing for yourself, and then putting it on Instagram and having people be like, "Fuck, Darren, I need to, I need you to give me one of these things." Right? And I'm
0: not allowed to light diesel fuel on fire in my house.
1: <laughs> you would not be, you'd get in trouble. Yeah, I could probably get away with it. I don't think so. Well, we'll see.
2: <laughs> just just for safety, I don't condone that. So if you are, if you do have a can of fuel and a booty in tow somewhere, please do not do it. That's no, just
0: idea. F- feel free, but wear goggles, <laughs> wear wear your wear your PPE. <laughs> Don't do it, but do it. <laughs> I'm I love this.
2: Yeah, well, so that that was the story on on how to how to blacken steel at home. Um, and, were and, were, the yeah, results,
0: and, were the results Were the results satisfying?
2: At the time, yeah. Um,
0: how about the longevity of the, of the scorching? Okay.
2: Yeah, it wasn't ideal. Um, uh, so you had, uh, it was essentially pleating.
0: Mm-hmm. um,
2: it was a plating method. Um, and with any pleating, it's not perfect. It will ship, it will tarnish, it will come off. Um, it's, yeah, it, it was, a, it was an evolution, if that makes any sense, or a progression totally for, for what I do I do it. And, and what I do it now, certainly not, um, certainly not but what I need to do it now based on the knowledge that I've built up through doing the silly shit, um, you know, it's, it's, you learn, don't you? That That's, that's, that's how it works. But yeah, I, I don't recommend it. Um, you know, if you are looking to do something like that and you do want to blacken something, make sure it's like screws. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's pink, black, and you don't want to put silver screws in it. It'll work fine for that. Sure. Um, and you'll get a good wear out of it, but yeah, don't, don't, just, just just don't do what I did. It's a bad idea.
1: Or you could use gun blue like I think 90% of people might do. <laughs> or you could buy them already black.
2: <laughs> you could buy them already. But this is the issue that You couldn't buy them black because yeah. no one had done this shit before. Yeah, um, okay. And, and nobody's asked for black ones before. So these were a marine product. Um, that, that's that's essentially what they were designed for. Um, and And it just wasn't available. So how do I do it? I knew if I painted it, that would chip immediately. That mm-hmm. would tarnish. Um, I tried looking at electroplating or vacuum plating. I haven't got the facility. I found a few videos on YouTube where guys literally almost set themselves on fire doing that. <laughs> so you used to play. put butane to diesel? <laughs> in beauty, I know butane. I understand all the torch works. it. So
1: in your defense, I've watched this, and it seems like a perfectly normal safe thing to do. Uh, uh, but... <laughs> There's, there's this thing, right? <laughs> there's some inherent right? risks. <laughs> there's, there's some inherent risk. But, uh, you, you know, we, we're sort of big on YouTube, like ridiculous YouTube things that we're never going to do. There's a fellow from your neck of the woods called Alex Steele. Do you know who Alex Steele is?
2: Doesn't ring any bells.
1: You know, Alex Steele is a young blacksmith. He's not particularly young anymore, but he ah. was... uh. Oh, he was... Y- you do yeah. know who he is. So, so yeah. Alex Steele, you know, is just this kid. He's like this 16-year-old kid who's got the best parents in the history of the world. And they were like, yes, son... You want to be the, the youngest blacksmith in the UK? We got your back. And, yeah. and you know, now he's this fabulously wealthy YouTube star. I say fabulously wealthy. I don't know. He it makes he does, way more money on YouTube than we do. He does okay. Um, Which is not, just to be clear, we don't make it. And, and, and he moved stateside now. He's in Montana in, in the United States. But, um, <clears throat> you know, with the experience of this stuff, I feel like, gosh, I could just do anything. So I love your, I love the, the, the idea. You know, I can fucking do this.
2: It's, I can do that. That's what. That's what it was. It was I mean, listen. there's, there's, there's got to be a fucking way to do this. How do I do it? Um, and we try different options. We try different different routes to market or different different methods until we get something that we're happy with. Um, and and have guess what? You're you're gonna fall over. You're gonna you, you know you're gonna trip up along the way. But the trick is to keep going and keep pushing until you get the final destination. And that was basically what what happened. Um, so yeah, um, it's. It's a weird one, though, because I look back at that myself, and I'm like, "Fuck, oh, that was a terrible idea." But um, to not. That, that's it's
0: such a good idea. That's the process, though, essential. to get to a refined process. You got to do the silly shit on the way. The other, exactly. when you're in, when you're inventing the wheel, you yeah. you got to go through some bad iterations. You,
2: you know, we've There's had a. Other side. When I was dipping these buckles um, on that video, you'll see, like, um, basically, it's a 30 mil shell casing that's yeah. been cut down. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, I was doing it in, in, in basically some, some, some fucking shell casings, um, again, which is probably a terrible idea because I don't know if there's any.
0: Cause fire and powder work really
2: well together. It, 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 That's good science. It, 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 exactly Big science. <laughs> it's a Fucking idea um, but yeah
1: anyways I Darren, Darren no judgment you are Dude, us we would this. do the same we, shit oh yeah. gosh we've yeah no judgment at all and, and, and you've done it in a way that uh, that has actually created uh, something that people want which is something neither one of us has ever done no no we just do the silly shit so good on you
0: yeah. and you've got like all your fingers right limit. like all ten yeah
2: yeah they're all still there just about they're all still there <laughs> So um, so well.
1: in, in terms of in terms of evolution of the product, right? So at some point, at some point you you create a you create a strap. People see the strap and they're like, I need one. And so you're like, well, I can make five. I can make yep. five for these five people that want one. And, and then that turns into something else. The the Mark One evolution of this strap was a 24 millimeter. Made from NATO material, and when I say NATO, I don't mean NATO strap material. I mean actually, sort of issued rifle strap nylon. That's right. So, so at some yeah. point, at some point, that wasn't satisfying. When did you sort of introduce different sizes? Right.
2: So. Um... Oh my gosh!
1: It still has a tag on it, and, and so no, and so you guys can't see this at home because this is a podcast. But he's holding up a, a Mark One version, and it's got the actual NSN label, or you guys don't call them NSN. I don't know. Uh, G10 yeah, label, yes, yeah. Yeah,
2: an NSN label. Oh. Um, so it's got the stock number on it um the year it was uh, it was issued and uh, the contract number uh, which relates to the um uh, the factory that made it uh, and it also says sling small arms sa80 um and that is basically the mark one of the mark one um right in front of me there
0: that is that is it that's it huh that's
2: that is the it. baby That is it that is the baby um that is that is here in all their glory. Now, I've always been into watches. They're so slim. Yeah, they're not they're not very intrusive. As um, nah. and they're extremely extremely supple and soft. Um, I, I really
1: like the material too. It's sort of a pebble material. Uh, the, the the nylon's a different texture.
2: Yeah, the nylon's it's 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 a, it's a lot softer than you'd anticipate it to be for a rifle sleeve. Um This batch was predominantly made for uh, Afghan and Iraq. Um, or those sort of deployments given the color of it Um, we do have another rifle sling that we get issued over here uh, and that's more od green um, not too dissimilar in Uh fact to what you've got in your um, sure um there um but yeah i mean so um this was 24 mil so it made it really difficult for me to wear it on any other watch frankly um and when i started that, that's basically what it was i made it for myself a few guys saw it they were like mate that's brilliant i love it i want one um i made it for them um and there are a number of photos if you go through my tag stuff of guys you know squeezing 20 mil lug watches on these <laughs> or 22s it looked it, it looked awful um but it it because of what it is it brought a nostalgia. Uh, value to it if that makes any sense so it, you it looks cool
1: bedroom. right you, it, you squeeze it, that thing and they curve out it, it, it you're right it doesn't look like the way we expect it to look but there's something about that aesthetic that is like well this is why it's this way and i can understand and now it's cool
2: yeah exactly so it brought its own flavor um it really did bring its own flavor uh, and and that was it i mean my my obsession with watches continued um and i started to get into more and more different different Styles and types of watches, um, so naturally I had the desire um, to to make something else, but of a size that would fit it and would look correct aesthetically. Um, so we sort of went down that route, and we looked at twenties and twenty twos, um, and, and and that's predominantly what what we we make and and, and do now is twenties and twenty twos. Um, but yeah, it was through my me seeing other people with. Um, smaller lug watches trying to use these um, and also my desire of having this on something else um, other than the 24 mil brightling or 24 mil lug brightling that sort of pushed us in the direction of saying right okay uh, perhaps I need to explore this because the design in its own right brought its own merits um, it wasn't just a nostalgia aspect of having um, a rifle sling strap that's that's a that's a huge thing i mean don't get me wrong it's superb um particularly if you've been in the military and you remember getting an issue one of these things especially
0: keeping that tag uh, on there that's that's such a cool yeah that's that's so cool
2: exactly um so i mean yeah i mean it it just progressed it was organic it was natural and it just sort of flowed and things went on um and and yeah i mean i started exploring options for 20s and 22s and that brought its own plethora of problems um in finding webbing, um, finding webbing that I was happy with. But then I thought, well, I'm on this journey. If I'm going to make a watch strap, I'll make the very best watch strap I can. Um, so we sort of went down a route whereby um, we, we, we get our own stuff made now. Um, we don't use uh, any um, recycled materials like we started with. Um, everything is made for us specifically uh, in, in in Manchester, England. Um, so we've got a mill there, um, and we basically say, right, we want this particular weave pattern. Um, so the straps you've got there, and the majority of our range is a is a tubular weave. Uh, I'll bore you to death with the um, the intricacies of it now, uh, but that's a a bonded tubular weave, um, and it's polyester, not nylon.
1: Right, and, and so I understand that was a thoughtful decision. You know, I think some people yeah. probably look at the term polyester with disdain, yeah. uh, but the qualities of polyester for this application uh, present some interesting attributes.
2: Yes. And the qualities of polyester in general um, in different types of polyester or different qualities of polyester of a vast ranging. Now, you do have polyester on your IKEA bags. Um, so if you go to IKEA and you pick up some, some stuff there, you've got that horrible, nasty blue shit. Um, that would probably skin you if you put it anywhere near you, um, and then <laughs> the lad within polyester and, um, uh, and yeah, you start looking at far more premium style products, but as this progressed and as it developed, I became, um, very popular. The strap became very popular within the military community and within law enforcement community. And that was predominantly and still is predominantly our customer base and who we do business with. So as this progressed and as time went on, um, it was clear to me that if we're going to go in, into this as a proper business, um, not just as a hobby sort of side thing I'm doing, um, if I'm going to make these straps, I need to make them the best way I can. Um, so I decided to settle on polyester. Now, polyester brings its own attributes, okay. as you shared. Um, abrasion resistance is a huge one, mm-hmm. um, and it drives them. So if you're in a kinetic warfighting environment, or if you're a cop punching the beat, um, and you're taking people down on the daily, um, you want something that's going to stand up to that wear and tear because my customer base will have far more wear and tear than Joe Average um, just do, through to the nature of their work and what they do. Um, so, yeah, polyester was a conscious decision because of the properties it brings.
1: You, you know, and I think that actually probably folks in the military are less alarmed by the by the word polyester than um, folks
0: who are watch nerds.
1: That, that's right. Yeah. Or just straight consumers, right? Straight yeah. consumers. You know, we've learned just through time that polyester is bad and nylon is less bad. Uh, and I think that there are a number of good reasons for that. But in the military, I, I think in terms of issued equipment, the attributes of polyester, which are, are the things that you're discussing, right? Uh, a bi- hydrophobia and... Um, yeah and abrasion resistance uh make a good polyester uh better in many ways than a good nylon
2: yeah i mean our target market um and our customer base has never been and i mean this with respect but it's never been the watch collector or the enthusiast not who we're making straps for. Um, We do have a number of customers um, who who are watch collectors and enthusiasts and we love them as much as we do the military guys Um, but our stuff is designed uh, to be going through more arduous situations and because of that um, polyester it just brings so many benefits Um, and those benefits outweigh um, um, you know nylon in so many different ways um, because of because of, of what it brings to the table for the guys who are, who are doing what they do
0: love it absolutely love it cuz <clears throat> this is so i'm i'm wearing my SSB on the bond and like like i said earlier this is this is the best fitting nylon strap I've ever worn and everything you've said about the design has made sense but the one Question that's kind of just been bouncing around my head, and I've been really looking forward to ask, is when you were designing this, did the G10 watch ever come into your mind as the platform that was going to carry the, or that was going to be carried by this strap?
2: Not really, Um, not really. I'm I'm quite obsessive in, um, in a way where I was. Uh, if I start on a task or a journey or, or a project, then I get consumed by the project. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it does, I was never partitioned in my mind uh, to, to build it for, you know, a, a British issue, G10 watch. Um, I assumed it would end up on one at some point. Um, but in the British military, I don't know what it's like in the States. Um, yeah, I can see you are wearing the, uh, the Prince Harry there.
1: Yep, I've got uh, my Prince or, Harry on, the, uh, Prince on R- the ZA right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, you're in great company. There's a lot of guys who, who are doing that. But I, I will uh, say, you, I will
1: say, the Prince Harry, the the pulse. When we say that, we mean that Pulsar G10, the current MOD contract watch is maybe just a touch light and small for this. It's strap. just a couple grams too light. It is so close to to terrific. It, it takes it. It's a twenty millimeter lug width, yep, but yep. It, it sort of disappears on the strap, which is maybe not a bad thing.
2: It's it, again, it's. It's how you look at it. If you look at it from the eye or from the, from the, the mindset of um, looking for an aesthetic, um, then yeah, I, I'd be inclined to agree with you. Um, however, if you're looking at it for an operational standpoint, whereby that strap and that watch were designed to operate in, is probably acceptable. Right. Um, but it's it, it's completely dependent on the context in which you wear that watch. Um, something you know, one of the reasons why I didn't design it with that in mind is is they seldom issued. Um, in, in the British military you can't just rock up the stores and, and demand a mm. watch it's not quite a passage um, you've either got to really uh scratch someone's back in the right way be that a storeman or uh, the CEO um, for him to allow you to, to get your hands on one of them and when um, you say the stores
1: or- m- most of our most of our uh listeners are in the United States but when you say stores you don't mean uh you don't mean the grocery store or or even the no. department store you mean uh, uh, the military issue facility
2: military issue facility yeah so so we would call that stores um, sure. that, that's how we refer to it in the uk um and there's a there's a there's an ancient proverb um that goes with stores and that is stores <laughs> for storing um stores and, and, are for storing yeah that's right stores are for storing so trying to get something out of there is um is, is like pulling teeth sometimes. It's like they um,
0: it's like the money's coming out of their pocket. The behavior is the same, okay. but it's like you yeah. you didn't pay for this. Uncle Sam well, paid for this. Or well, or the the, the well, crown paid for this keep, shit. Get, give me my I things. I need a new fucking unit patch, asshole. Can no, you please just uh, give me my unit patch? I need batteries <laughs> for the yeah. shit that you
1: gave me. <laughs> I am yep. out. I am out of folders. I need more yeah. folders.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, not, that, it's good it's to know like that's universal them. truth.
2: It's like asking for someone's firstborn son. Right. That's, that's basically what you're dealing with. It's a fucking um, pen. Yeah. Get out. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? We're, we're all on the same team, lads. Um,
1: we call and, those guys and, supply, ask, supply, in, at least in the army. Okay. Yeah. You go to supply. So,
2: so you supply, guys. Um, so, yeah, we, we you rock up the stores and, and you try and get a watch out. Um, unless you particularly need it or specifically need it for your job or your role, i.e., your aircrew, you're a diver, uh, whatever it may be, the odds of you actually getting that watch is difficult. Interesting.
1: So uh, you've got one. I've got one. I've got a perception, uh, and this may be not true, but I've got a perception that generally speaking, British or even European military forces are more inclined to wear nice watches. Than folks in the United States military, so we spent a lot of we've spent a lot of time in the U.S. military, and we've seen a lot of joes and a lot of officers. I have maybe on one or two occasions total seen somebody wearing a watch that I didn't think was a turd. Uh, And and when I say a turd, I'm going to include Garmin's and Sunto's in there, which are not turds, but they're G-Shocks. They're very specific. Yeah, Yeah. G-Shocks too, but but generally not thoughtful. Urology, yeah, but more pr- practical, uh, task-based w- watches. But I get this feeling that the European military has a much bigger urology presence in it, and, and, and maybe not British military, but the European military. Do do you? Uh, yeah. Would you agree, disagree with that, or agree? Or
2: no, I, I'd, I'd agree with that, and I, I think it's. I think that is down to in the good old days, uh, guys were getting issues in Europe, Rolexes, Tudors. Um, watches of this caliber, Omegas. Um, that was just part part and parcel of what happened. I've
1: That's never sad. heard of that last brand you said, Darren. What'd you say?
2: Omega. Ah. <laughs>
1: I know Omega. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Omega. Oh yeah, I've heard of that.
2: They, they make watches out of aluminum. Um, <laughs> Good work. Wow, <laughs> nice work. wow, look at you. <laughs> I, I don't think they do. <laughs> no, no, they certainly don't. Um, God, uh, wouldn't that I, be Omega? but uh fair but, enough yeah, I, I, there's a history in that so um you, you know you you join your unit or you join your ship or you, you get um or you complete your training in your given profession there's always a, a romantic nostalgia um stories of the past that you hear uh, during your time oh well if this was the 60s we'd all have rolexes on our wrist sure i think that sort of sparks interest in people who are not that interested because everyone knows is <laughs> Yeah. And, and it's a rabbit hole. You fall down there. Um, there. There's another side of it whereby, you know, digital watches, you know, um, they, they, they all have their place um, and they, they do prove to be very popular with the militaries. But um, on a tactical element, um, it's very difficult sometimes because the minute you press that button, you have that Batman illumination that shoots up into the sky and uh, it sort of gives you position away. Um, and aside from that, it's it's always nice to have something that's that's ticking uh, on your wrist in case you do have an electronic fault.
0: So we got one more. I'm curious about your relationship with Christopher Ward. Okay. And that partnership. Yeah. How that came yeah. to be well. and and let's just dive into it.
2: Yeah, certainly. So you can take a sip. Ward. You don't have to.
0: You don't have to. Okay. You know. Take a sip. Yeah. <laughs> Get drunk and so tell we... us the good stuff.
2: Yeah. 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 Get. This is where it gets interesting. So I'm from Liverpool. I'm from South Wales. I live in Liverpool. About two miles away from me, Christopher Ward's mother lives.
0: Oh, um, so you're a stepdad.
2: Almost, <laughs> almost, quite possible. I was in <laughs> South Wales at the time. i mean, <laughs> a little older than me, but anyway. Stranger things have happened at sea. Uh, um, Yeah, in a nutshell, um, it's a brand that's uh, fairly prevalent where I'm from because of his local connection. Um, I was or had become fairly popular um, with military guys um, and and watch forums and Instagram and everything else. Um, And I was invited over to an event in Manchester, which is probably an hour away from me. Um, Liverpool and Manchester are really close. Um, and and him and uh, the two other guys, uh, Mike and Pete, were there. They're, they're the three founders or owners of Christopher Ward. Um, and I, I went. Um, it was uh, basically they were introducing the, the, the new Trident range, that's that's what was going on there. And I took a strap with me. Uh, and at the end of the um, the event, um, I called the guys and said, Listen, this is who I am, this is what I do. Um, my credentials are basically on Instagram. I know you guys are on there. Um, check me out. But I will leave you with a strap. Within the box with the strap is my phone number. If it's of any interest, let me know. And that's where we went. A nice soft
1: um, sale. I like that. Yeah.
2: It, it's it's as simple as that. I mean, these guys are busy, I, I, and 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 you know they, they had a, a room full of customers, loyal customers who all wanted their time. I had about 20 seconds with them, so I needed to make those 20 seconds count. So it was just, (laughs) that's this is who I am. This is what I do. By the way, I happen to be living in the area where you grew up. Um, That immediately got his attention, um, and I left it with him, and that was it. A few weeks went by, and I had a phone call, um, and it was, right, can you come down and see us? Um, So, yeah, of course I can. Um, Went down, sat down with, uh, with Chris in a meeting, this was just before um, they launched their Her Majesty's Armed Forces range, so I got to see those watches about 12 weeks before General Public did um, and by then they'd done their digging on me, they they, they tried to kill the strap, um, thankfully they'd failed um, and yeah, they, they sort of brought me on to supply them with their military projects so these guys will have bespoke dials or bespoke watches based on their, their standard or their core range. Um, and let's say you're an F uh, f 18 pilot or whatever, and you want to have a watch with your insignia or your crest on the dial, you go to these guys, you commission a project, maybe, I don't know, 40 guys who jump on with it, they'd make the watch and, and, and off it would come. Um, what they use me for is right, okay, so we've got these guys who we're making a watch for, what can you do with the strap? Can you make a strap that's in their colours? Can you make a strap that would work with uh, their unit or their insignia or whatever it may be? Um, and I'll come up with um, bus designs based on my stuff. Yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> designs, um, based on, on 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 my range and and make it um, or give it a flavour for for those particular units. So yeah, that's that's Christopher Ward.
0: What's that drive look like after you get the phone call? Hey, can you come down? Were you freaking oh, out? It was weird.
2: Uh yes and no. Um it sounds really arrogant, but I'd already been on such a journey at that point with this. Um it was it was um it was more a sense of pride than a sense of apprehension or anticipation okay. if I make sense. Um so I was pleased that you know we have got as far as we have. Um it was weird because the phone call was from Switzerland um they, they, they make all their movements and, and and make their watches in switzerland right that that Kuman guy um phoned me from switzerland and basically had a chat with me on the phone i said listen you know i've been sent your strap um the guys are really impressed with it um i've never seen anything like it i understand you can do certain uh, colorways or certain designs for the you know for the military guys or, or the, the police or whoever we're making bespoke pieces for yes i can Brilliant. Well, can you come down and we can have a have a conversation? Yeah, certainly. So I went down, sat down with the guys, had that meeting, um, and sort of agreed terms there and then. I mean, it was weird because I didn't walk out with there with a deal. It wasn't like I've just walked out with there with a hundred orders. I walked out with there with a handshake, saying, right, okay, moving forward, what we will do, we'll move you on to become an approved supplier for Christopher Ward, and we will pitch your product um, whenever we take on these projects. Um, so when when the guys want a strap or want something different, um, you know, we'll put you under their noses and uh, or we'll put you under their noses anyway. But, you know, when the appetite is there, we'll use you. So that's what it was. I mean, it was nothing more than a promise at the time.
1: Yeah, it, it's a it's a lovely story, actually. It's it's a lot of fun. And I know you also have worked with Bremont and, and Vertex in a similar fashion. But I think Christopher Ward was sort of that uh, inflection point, perhaps for you
2: yeah yeah i mean it's it's weird when you when you when you create something i mean there's been numerous times that i've sat there um and i'm thinking what am i doing here you know i mean <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm i'm trying to um i've tried to reinvent something that's brilliant do you know what i mean anyway but then you you, you get the grips with it and you say right no actually um there's a lot of purpose there's a lot of function there's a lot of benefits that that we bring to the party and every so often when you get that external validation it's always nice if that makes any sense and mm-hmm. we've been through such an r&d phase up until that point um to get that final design to get it nailed down um that all i wanted to do at that time was just show it off to people look look what i've got you know what i mean this is amazing uh, and this is why it's amazing
1: you, you so, know yeah. our sort of introduction to you was by way of a fella out here who i know you know well but aj barce of the bellingham podcast who's our our sort of uh one of our favorite guests ever and our in our uh occasional guest co-host.
0: Yeah, cuz I I've, I've actually never talked to AJ. You've never talked to AJ? No, he only he shows up when I'm absent. That's right. He's he's <laughs> so clutch. So AJ has been
1: sort of our guest co-host <clears throat> over the years, but um AJ and I have had a number of t- uh opportunities to sort of rap and uh the first time I ever saw one of your straps, it was it was AJ's and he sort of uh handed it to me and i was like well, what the fuck do i do with this man and he was like well here's what you do and uh, <clears throat> you, you know i would say for people who have your straps or or are getting your straps and maybe just looking at your own provided youtube or uh, yep. video instructions i would say the biggest thing for me in terms of wear and you know long-term happiness with the product is keep it attached don't take it out yeah. of the d-rings i, I think that that mm-hmm. for me made the world a difference. You know, your keeper is on the underside. Uh, unlike yeah. uh, unlike with a NATO strap, the keeper goes under the watch uh, or 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 just the opposite, on top of the watch, which is on the other yeah. side of the buckle, right? So, if you yeah. are taking it off, you're going to lose the keeper. But AJ just says don't try to don't try to put it on on your wrist. Yeah. Put it together. Yeah. And then slide your wrist through. So I've been wearing this thing on a number of different watches. I've got it on my Pulsar right now, but I've worn it on my, um, I've worn it on that Swiss Army. I've got a seventy-seven fifty, FA eighteen Swiss Army, which is one of my favorite watches. But it just works so well on that. Um, but but wearing it, whatever watch I'm wearing it on, as long as I don't fully unravel it, it's just the easiest thing mm-hmm. to put on and off because I slide my wrist in, I tighten it down. And I'm ready to go, um, but but with that, it's been just a pleasure to wear. And I- any other sort of tips or tricks that you might give people? Because and and I'll, and, and I'll caveat that statement, right? That question. Yeah. It, it's not a. It's not
0: the same as any other strap you've ever worn. It's totally different. It's it's the difference between a bracelet and a NATO. And so, any other tips you'd give? Uh, give the folks.
2: Yeah, I mean, personally, a lot of people do what you do, um, and and they'll build link it up and hook it up prior to putting it on. I, I never do that um, personally. Um, I'll always um, put it on um, and, and buckle and fasten it up, and I'll put the watch face on my thigh and then cinch it down um, so I've got that security. I'm not going to lose it. Um, something I do when I'm putting this on, um, I'll slide the excess through the keeper once. You, you've
1: you got, got, got yours on a freedom, flag. Flag. a freedom Keeper.
2: Yeah, I've got it on a Freedom Keeper. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm talking where about. It, wearing an american watch so it sort of makes sense and not only that it's i'm like a car mechanic you see a car mechanic his car is always shit, um, because he spends all his time working on everyone else's cars um <laughs> that's basically what i do so the straps <laughs> i make for uh you know promo use on the website i end up owning i end up wearing um so yeah i needed a, a freedom keeper in the coyote tan um, because this is a fairly new color for us; it's only come in in the last few weeks. And that's
1: an American. Uh, that's an American color, Coyote Tan. We're, yeah, we're all sorts of freedom here,
0: Coyote. Coyote. <laughs> but
2: yeah. <laughs> so the trick for me, I mean, just 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 to answer that is, I'll, I'll feed it through um, through the keeper once, then I'll slide the keeper back down to the buckles.
1: Yes, sir. Same. And I'll
2: fold it behind itself, and then pinch and pull the keeper back up, um, and that'll just slide it right in you get that perfect snug fit every time and it's just an easier way to to stow your excess um rather than trying to fold it back in on itself you use you use the um I don't know the the ergonomics of the strap to do the work for you
1: well we'll have to we'll have to sort of link to a video of that because the visual on that is is all of the money right but that is the right way you you oh, yeah. stick it on yeah. you put it through the keeper you tighten it down yeah. move the keeper up oh, okay well that's great we're Unfortunately,
0: I have one other one last question.
1: God damn it, Andrew. I have
0: one last question. It's important. Fuck. The logo on your hat. What is the logo on your hat? I, the oh, entire yeah. time I've been looking at it, I'm like, that looks like a four in hand knot tie, but you cannot be wearing a hat with a tie on it. No, no,
1: that, no. that's important. Go ahead and tell us about it.
2: So, there's a, a brand in the UK called Sin Eaters Guild. Um, and it's okay, more of a community than a brand. Um, so what you've got there's a hanged man like you would have on a tarot card. Um, and this brand um, is synonymous or, or mainly sort of worn by military law enforcement. The guy who owns it, a uh, guy called Gaz, um, really nice guy. Um, he's an ex-army medic, um, but really in tune with the military community in the UK. Um, and, and yes, his brand, so Sin Eaters Guild, you'll find them on Instagram. Tom Hardy wears the stuff. Um Within the UK, it's pretty well known, uh, but it's it's a domestic company and a domestic brand, and that is their insignia, which is the hanged man that you see on a tarot card. Um, Yeah, basically a sin eater, um is – their definition is is someone who who does um, – who's not afraid to do the horrible shit to keep everyone else safe. Um, there's less ego in it than that would portray in, mm-hmm. in that statement. I have done that justice. Uh, but it's a community, and that community tends to be law enforcement, military guys. Um, so if you have heard of them, check them out on Instagram. Um, Sin Eaters Guild—they um, do a plethora of different um, apparel and, and clothing and stuff. Okay.
0: Fantastic. I knew I knew it could not just be a red tie on your hat, but that's what the way it looks <laughs> from from yeah. the, the camera angle saying, that we've got. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's yeah, it's just it's just an old tarot card. Yeah. Signature. Okay. That's basically. Um, but yeah uh, it's it's one of those brands unless you know you don't know uh, but when you know you, you instantly recognize someone with it like if I got I, I'm fairly confident if I got pulled over by the cops here um, I would probably get away with a, a lesser fine um, because of that hat.
0: Well, a lesser um, fine or a warning
2: probably a warning Okay. Um,
0: Ooh, like,
1: that, Louise. we're, oh, we're talking cars. to a cop here so we won't ask him to go on record about what he'd do in that situation
2: this is the thing. Cine is yeah. guild. They, they engage with the communities in a big way. So they yeah. do a lot of family line stuff. Um, but again, I mean, listen, that's, that's, that's out there. Um, it's probably not right or correct, but you know, the, the 10, the people who wear or know of this brand um, are all of the same mindset, like minded individuals. Um, so yeah, you, you'll find some common ground with the people.
1: Okay. Darren, 30 seconds. Where do we find you? Where do we find you? How do we buy your straps, etc., etc.? 30 seconds.
2: Cool. Go. So Zulu Alpha Straps at Zulu Alpha Straps on Instagram is the very best way to get hold of me, the very best way to find me. In our bio, you will see a link to our website, www.zulualphastraps.com. If you want to talk to me, if you want to engage with me, best method of contacts for Instagram. um, Second best is via emails. Um, If you need a quick response, find me on IG. Um, You'll see our customers. You'll see who we supply. um, You'll see where these straps end up and... uh, yeah, um, reach out, get in touch, and uh, it'd be great to hear from you.
0: And we'll post his phone number in the show notes too. If right, you want we've got to really see too. Yeah, that'd yeah.
2: yeah. be my address. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah perfect. No one, actually, I live in Liverpool, it's an extremely rough area. No one's coming here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Other things, Andrew, go.
0: So in, I, I started a new show. Unbelievable, right? Uh, it's the toys that made us. Oh yeah, it's so good. It's so good. So it's av- available on Netflix. It's a yeah. Netflix OG. Yeah, and it is. It's
1: part of their permanent catalog, right? Yeah,
0: I as far as I know. Yeah, like I, I, think I can't so. imagine this is going to go away. It's a Netflix series called "The Toys That Made Us," and each episode they profile a either nostalgic or iconic toy that is almost universally relatable and if it's not universally relatable it plays a huge role in like a like a directional shift in toy usage each of these are sort of a toy zeitgeist yeah there's there's a reason they're in them so i just watched the lego one and that is absolutely if you're going to only watch one watch Watch, the lego Lego. i haven't seen it. it it is fascinating to see to see the the birth growth and struggles of lego because if you when you think of lego you think of probably one of the most successful toy brands in history ubiquitous they have come to the verge of bankruptcy about five times in the last decade but they're they've been able to pull it out whether it be by proper leadership or just the right partnership it was an absolutely fascinating episode i just i did not realize how many times in even my lifetime we've come like how close we've come to losing lego which
1: would be which would a be tragic. a tragedy yeah, yeah. my yeah.
0: kid plays with legos that i had when i was a kid right yeah. right that's Leg- the thing about legos is so we, we've
1: we've talked about legos you and i have talked about lego we, yeah lego i'm sorry hey rick and ricky i'm sorry it's lego i fucked up don't roast us. Or but, do. Don't care. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you do you. Uh but we've talked about Lego a number of times. Uh it, it's it's such a uh it's such a
0: fascinating transcendent. Like you, it's just
1: and their quality control and, and their choice of materials, you know, they have they have perfected this totally stupid simple thing, which they didn't really invent. Uh eh. They didn't really invent it. That's fine, uh, but no. they perfected this thing. They've taken this thing to such a weird, uh, insane level. You know where
0: each of these things can—they can all connect. Like 30, they all fit. 30,000. They call it within the system. And I'm air quoting. It's their system. I've <laughs> I've had Oreos that had in two inverted cookies. The logos were on the inside with the cream. I've never had a faulty Lego. <laughs> Never once have I had a faulty Lego. Have you? Can you? Can you think no. once of a faulty Lego? No, I've never. That, seen a... that you didn't make faulty. No, no, I've, I've I, fucked I, up some Legos in my life. I've never seen a faulty Lego. I've had faulty Oreos. Yeah, <laughs> and and I I, I you think know, those the, things are both as ubiquitous. Oreos QC is is uh, it's lacking. It's on the bus. I had a double <laughs> stuffed in a regular cont- container. I've had regulars and double stuffed containers. It's a fucking nightmare. You know, Oreo QC. Together, that's something that we really need to spend some more time. Yeah. So anyway, check out that show on Netflix. There, I guarantee you, there is at least one episode that you are going to wholeheartedly relate to because that toy is your toy, sure, from from your childhood. Sure, yeah.
1: So uh, my other thing is not something you can buy. You can't buy my show. Well, I mean, you you can buy Netflix. You can consume it. You can you can pay for Netflix and consume your show. Yeah, but you can't buy it. So my other thing. So when I'm running running I, I run on purpose people know this yeah. i do run on purpose uh and i had a long run a long run planned for today and we were not going to be supported an unsupported long run which is which is what you might expect basically there wasn't going to be a place for us to refuel or pee well there's lots of places where there's a lot that you can pee anywhere i can pee anywhere <laughs> oh you know you just pull it out the bottom you just you, you keep running <laughs> you could uh, just a little shuffle, but they make these. Uh, they make these water bottles where you can slide your hand through, and then you have nylon that attaches the water bottle to yeah, your hand. I think they, the water bottle grips. Water bottle grips. That's right. That's right. So if 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 you've been in sort of trail running or distance running or whatever, you've seen these things, um, or or you've used them, and they're fantastic. They're just really convenient. You know, you can put them on your hand. It it what it does. Is it eliminates the ability for you to have to hold something, right? So your grip is taken out of the equation. It just provides a strap, a, a strap that goes around the backside of your hand. And so, even if you open your hand up, which you may want to do, uh the water bottle is still there. But for whatever reason, I've broken one of these things and I've lost the other. So I had none. So last night we're, you know, REI is closed. Yeah. Big Five doesn't have these things, you know, Duh. the stores I would want to buy this thing at or it's not available to me to buy. So I took duct tape. yeah, you did. yeah, <laughs> did you see it? No, but yeah, you did. I'll show it, That's it to what you I'm talking about <laughs> I'll show it to you. I took duct tape and I built myself a water bottle strap, and it was every bit as functional and comfortable.
0: The duct tape is super comfortable, unusually comfortable for a product of its type that's right it's i mean it's crazy
1: you you know so i did i did a couple things i took a leather punch and i and i punched holes in the back so that it could breathe aerated it aerated it and i sort of built it out so it would slide on my hand comfortably i made sure there's plenty of space i had to take it off and and sort of adjust it but then i was able to just sort of wrap it around the top and the bottom of the water bottle Give it plenty of of slack so I could slip my hand in there, line it up with the way your finger and thumb grips. This is sort of an ergonomic water bottle. But once I got it nailed in, I ran 16 miles with this thing this morning. We've got a business idea here. (laughs) It's a terrible. (laughs) This is a terrible business idea. Duct tape water bottle (laughs) retention devices. This is a terrible business idea. But it was just, it was one of those things where I was like, you know what? If I was. If I was less sort of inclined to just try something. So my other thing, I guess, this week is really just duct tape. Try it. Duct tape. I'll post a thing. I'll put it in my story segment because uh, I did 60 miles this morning and I was... 16,
0: it, not 60. Don't, don't
1: you dare let him lie to you. one 16 one six yeah. 1-6 miles. Uh, and <clears throat> it was so comfortable. It was <laughs> like, fuck, duct man. Duct amazing. It's amazing. I've, done, I've, I've fixed a lot of things with duct tape. Darren, other things, Go.
2: On that, mate, I think two thirds of the military is held together with duct tape.
0: That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's exactly and right. And the other third is super glue.
1: I've seen that statistics it's exactly right.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, um, a book um, called Relentless uh, by an author called Dean Stott. Dean is uh, an ex tier one operator uh, in the UK, and he's part of the Special Boat Service, um, our equivalent of SEAL Team 6. Um, he left the military or got medically discharged from the military, um, uh, went on to um, single-handedly evacuate the Canadian embassy, um, and on top of that, uh, set two world records cycling the Pan-American Highway. In addition to this, he happens to be one of Prince Harry's good friends as well. Um, his book is called Relentless. Um, I've listened to it on Audible this week. Um, And I have punched that baby out as quick as possible. I could not turn it off. Um, It's a phenomenal book. Um, It's really well written. Um, And on Audible, um, it makes it so much better because he actually reads the story himself. Um, You can pick up the emotion in his voice. You can pick up when he's truly storytelling. He's not just reading words off a page. He takes you on a journey with it. Um, Super interesting guy. Um, A really incredible career um, inside and outside of the military. Um, and just some really interesting topics, so yeah, head over to wherever it is you find your books or you listen to your books and type in Relentless by Dean Stott. And uh, yeah, be, be prepared to be taken on a journey.
1: I'm gonna hit Audible up, I'm gonna hit Jeff, my buddy Jeff, up for uh, a sponsorship on this too, because that's a good, that's a good uh, impromptu product pitch, yeah. So
2: it, it, for me, guys, I, I listen to Audible, um, and I listen to <laughs> Because I've got shit comprehension. I can read words on a page, but none of them sink in. So I have to listen to it. That's just the way my brain's wired. Um, and sometimes you listen to books, and it's it's fine, not a problem, because someone else is reading it. But yeah. I love it when the author uh, reads it. Yeah. Because you do pick up that authenticity and that emotion in the voice when they're taking you through a journey, particularly in you know, a biography. Uh, but yeah, Audible um, it, with its weight in toilet paper to me.
1: So this fella, <laughs> it, it's a it's a memoir. It's his memoirs.
2: Yeah, and can yeah, you give basically. me the name
1: of the book and the and the author again?
2: Relentless by Dean Stott. Um, if you head over to my Instagram, you'll you'll see I've posted about it this week. I've got a couple of posts on it on my feed along with my stories. Uh, it's just a really really well written book. He happens to be a brand ambassador for Vertex as well, uh-huh. um, so he's 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 in with the Vertex uh, crew. Um, but yeah, it's a great book. Really is. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's something I've I've listened to this week. Um, and it's got me through, um, you know, all, through working all week in, uh, in the strap den on my own. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been great company.
1: Fantastic. Love it. Fantastic. Darren, anything else you want to, you want to talk about today before we, before we run out of here?
2: Just a just a tip of the hat and gratitude, gentlemen. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you very much for taking the time to uh, to bring me on and and, and share share um, you know my story with your listeners. Um, I'm grateful for it. Um, yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks for
1: coming, man. We really appreciate it. You've been an awesome guest. Thanks for coming and uh, check out Zulu Alpha Zulu Alpha Andrew, anything else you got? Nah. Well, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of 420. Twenty. Check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20 and or patreon.com 40 and 20 check out Zulu Alpha uh you know these guys are making something different uh something very cool uh some of the most rugged straps they make and and they're different and fun and you may have a watch that would be perfect for this thing Zulu or you will have a watch That's Zulu-, for this thing. <laughs> Zulu Alpha straps on Instagram don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life And other things we like.
0: Bye-bye.